Don't just come here on a Sunday morning and then leave and uh, our, our, our life becomes disconnected from what we believe and who we've been saved by. Now, we really believe, we, we uh, don't just talk about it, but we really believe that our life is lived on mission for the sake of some, something and someone greater than ourselves. And uh, whether that's here in southwest Missouri, to our neighbors, in our, in our office places, in our classrooms, or if it's taking the gospel to the ends of the earth, we have been called to live a life that's on mission, uh, making the name of Jesus great. And uh, so this morning we get to hear from them and, and some of their uh, stories uh, over the last three and a half, four years that they've been in Thailand. But before they do, um, all throughout the Bible, we, uh, there's this command to live our life uh, for, for the sake of the gospel, taking it to the ends of the earth. From the New Testament, uh, obviously all throughout the New Testament, but even in the Old Testament, this, this command to make the gospel known. And uh, one of my favorite places is, is in Psalm 96. Here's what it says. It says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless His name. Tell of His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the nations. His marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols. But the Lord has made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before Him. Strength and beauty are in His sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord the glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering and come into His courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. Tremble before Him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples in equity. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exalt and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord. For he comes. For he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. We have been commissioned. We've been called. We've been sent to live our life on mission wherever He has sent us. Whether it be here or to the nations. Uh, Before uh, Christina and Jeremy come, they wanted to share with us a little glimpse of their life and their ministry in Thailand. If you'll welcome them to the stage. First of all, thank y'all for being here. just to start us off, uh, we, we've only done this once, so you're still kind of a guinea pig for us. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and, and, and uh, where you grew up. And Jeremy, most people know your story, but Christina, um, uh, as far as where you grew up at least. Um, where you grew up and then what, how God was working in your life to, to lead you to the mission field um, before you ever went. So it was still a foreign kind of thing. It was over there. How was God working in your heart um, to lead you to the mission field even before you ever went? Um, I uh, I grew up in a Christian family, and so um, I actually I went to college, and I felt the Lord calling me to full time ministry, and so I decided to go to seminary, uh, Louisville, Kentucky, and. Uh, 
I went there thinking I would be probably a, a pastor or a youth pastor, and during, during my time there, the Lord started changing my, my mind as to what he was calling me to. And I, I started thinking, okay, I, I was talking to my friends, and I was like, so where do you feel God calling you? And they would say, oh, I think I'm going to go back home uh, to, my, to my hometown and maybe work at a church there. And I kept hearing that over and over again, and I kept thinking, should I go back home? Or, or should I do something different? And I feel like the Lord was calling me to do something different, to go to a place where there wasn't any churches, um, because when, when my friends were going back home, they were going back to their home church. And so I kept thinking, I need to go to a place where there are no churches so that we can, we can start new churches. Christine? Um, okay, so I, I grew up in Texas, but I went to school at Mizzou in Columbia, so it's nice to be back in Missouri, right? Um, and I remember hearing, I think early on in college, this girl had lived in China and was talking about all these billions of people who had never heard the gospel. And this little, you know, <coughs> Bible Belt church girl was like, oh my goodness, you know, that's crazy. Okay, I'm going to do that. And so, so I ended up, um, after I graduated college, I, I went overseas a couple years and, um, in, in India, Nepal, and Pakistan. Um, and then I went to seminary to do that full-time, and that's where I met this guy. And we were good friends, and we used to do inner-city ministry together and um, had, a heart, had a heart to go overseas full-time. So we actually did that before we worked with our organization. We taught English. You know, you can really do anything overseas that you can do here. And so we were teachers, and um, now we work with our organization in Thailand. So... Yeah, what what was the process, at least for your sending, I know there's multiple, many sending organizations. What's the process for becoming a missionary um, with, with the IMB, the, the sending agency that you're a part of? So uh, we're with the International Mission Board, and that's connected with the Southern Baptist uh, churches in America. And uh, basically the process is just applying with them, and they kind of communicate with your with your local church. And so your pastor uh, kind of disciples you, and, and they are really connected with your local church, and your local church kind of sends you to the International Mission Board, and then the International Mission Board sends you overseas. And so it's a process of applying with them, you learning about what they're doing, uh, what type of work they're doing in the world. They learn about you, uh, your, what your belief system is, uh, what your desires are, and, and they see if that connects. And- we were talking yesterday. I actually learned some new things about uh, uh, programs they have. Uh, you can go, really, you don't have to be a church planter like y'all. There are a lot of options, a lot of, of ways to get overseas to partner with, with your sending organization. Uh, share a few of those, what we were talking about with the, uh, you know, with your partnering with the companies, those sorts of things. Um, yeah, so you know how a lot of people for their jobs now can be transferred overseas? doing anything really, you know, or they become teachers or, and there's just so many avenues. Um, and so our new president, his name is David Platt. He has um, sort of initiated a new thing where if you're a believer and you agree with the same things that we do and everything, and your organization is sending you to live overseas, whether you work for shipping or oil or medicine or whatever, I mean, people get transferred <coughs> to all kinds of jobs agriculture, I've heard a lot of them, um, 
then, then they'll still partner, we partner with them and can still do church planting. And then it's even cooler because they have a really immediate access into the community because they already have a workplace, people who live in their building or their neighborhood, or and it's just more, more people being the hands and feet of God partnering together. So there's fully supported church planters on our side, and then there's other people who are professionals who are just we can link arms with. That could be any of you, you know, if you're like, I want to do that for a year or two or five or ten. You know, there there's a lot of avenues, so. Yeah, and um, what ages are, are team, people on your team that you've seen on the field there in, in, in Thailand? We're going to talk about Thailand here in a minute, but um, is there an expiration date? There's no expiration date. You're allowed to, to serve the Lord however, however many years old you are, so. Um, we have, there's also a retirement uh, sending option. So uh, there's been some, some people who are retired. They're thinking, uh, I, have, I have an income coming in. I'm not working, but I have an income coming in in my retirement. So, so why wouldn't I use that money and, and go live overseas? The money goes a lot further than it does uh, here in America. And so we have some retired people as well uh, living and working overseas, and our organization doesn't have to give them any money because they already have uh, money coming in that they've earned over their, over their uh, life of working. And so now they're in retirement, and they're, they're calling, they call that the master's program, and, and so that's another option that, that our organization has. So we have uh, church planters who are fully supported so there's kind of two gap, two categories: uh, a church planner who is fully supported and and gets a salary, and then there's also someone who has some revenue coming in from another source, whether a company or retirement. And uh, we just all those two categories work together to, to see the gospel go out to the world. Yeah, and if you if you're in the master's program, your organization, the IMB, will provide a house, resources. It's just the the revenue yeah. to live on that yeah. it's not provided. Yeah. Everything else, well, yeah. insurance is provided, all of that. Um, so that's an option. Uh, as you, uh, it's not a lifetime commitment. You can do it for two years, three years, uh, right after retirement, um, and uh, and uh, be part of the gospel going going to the nations. Um, so you you finished seminary and you thought you were going to be going to uh, to the international mission field. Church sent you. Why Thailand? And, and how did that come about? So uh, we decided to go over by ourselves first. Uh, we just we went over. We got certified uh, in English, uh, teaching English, TESOL, um, teaching English as a second language in Thailand. We moved to Thailand without a job, without anything. We just got certified, and we looked online, and we're like, hey, there's a job in China uh, for teaching. And so we, we communicated with them. We got hired. We moved to China. And so uh, we taught English in China, English as a second language there, and then uh, we moved back to Thailand after we lived in China. And so when we came back here to America, we were thinking, okay, we want to go back full-time so that we can just do church planning and evangelism and ministry full-time and not have to work uh, a 40-hour work week and then just do that on our, uh, in our extra time. So we came back to America, got connected with the International Mission Board, and then they sent us over fully supported to do ministry uh, full-time. Christina, what does a, uh, a typical day look like? In the, the three and a half years y'all been there, uh, what, what is the, what kind of uh, process have you gone through with learning the language, uh, that sort of thing? And then what does a, a day look like in your 
in, in your uh, ministry over there? Uh, okay, so our first year and a half, we lived in Bangkok, which is a really big city, uh, the capital of Thailand, and um, we were in language school, so in intensive language school, so all day, you know, just learning Thai over and over. <laughs> and so we did that for the first year and a half, and then they moved us out to our village uh, for the past couple years, and um, which is really, really small, you know, like one street, a couple mom-and-pop shops, that kind of thing. Um, and then that, so our, our lives in ministry are kind of um, multifaceted. So one big chunk, about a third of the year, we travel a lot, like to a lot of rural areas. Our boss is a, a doctor, he's a medical doctor, and so they do mobile medical clinics around Thailand. And um, we go along and do that. We bring the kids, we do everything. Um, and help with that, and we do English camps simultaneously in local schools um, in those villages and, and share the gospel via that means. So that looks like taking the kids everywhere, changing hotels, driving every single night, like moving to a different place, different place. Um, so it it's good. It's it's tiring, you know, but it's good. Um, but but it's it's a blessing to do it. And then the other part of our life when we're in our village is a lot of like local school ministries. So we go to like two different local high schools, a local university, and then um, we have a lot of people in our house. So for me with the kids, we just have <laughs> like a lot of like kids and mothers and that kind of stuff. We're kind of blessed in this term. We have a, a, a yard, which is rare in Thailand. Almost nobody has a yard. So that was a good gathering point for kids. And so it just birthed out of that. <laughs> Jeremy, what's your uh, what does a day look like for you? Just typically when you're when you're in your village, um, going out, that sort of thing. Yeah. So when we're in our village, we're not we're not traveling. Uh, basically, I just look for every opportunity to get out and to meet people. And it's not just meeting; it's uh, intentional, like with the goal of, of sharing the gospel with as many people as possible. And so, uh, like she was saying, we go to local schools and and we'll teach English. For a period of time, and then we'll we'll share we'll share a Bible story, and then about the gospel uh, with the kids in the local school. We go to the university, uh, meet university students. Uh, we'll teach English for a little while, and then share share the gospel with them as well um, about Jesus. And uh, and then on top of that, uh, I go out with some some teammates and some friends, local Thai believers, and we'll just go out to different communities in our area and we'll just go door to door we'll go shop to shop door to door business to business and just share with whoever uh we we come in contact with and and that's kind of what a, a daily yeah and y'all you said you learned you learned the language uh, last hour we talked a little bit about that and i'd like you just to just quickly share um it, thai is not an easy language for example um one word in a different inflection can mean something completely different. Um, share with share an example of that, and then uh, the, the the creature uh, his his example that be. So um, so there's one word, uh, and this is pretty common. There's a lot of words like this. Is mine, and so we would just say mine. But uh, they have uh, five tones, and so depending on how you say that word, which tone will determine which word it is. And so if you say it low, mine. It means new. If you say it, my, it's a question. If you say my, it's to burn or silk. And you say my, that means no. And so that's one word. 
five words inside of one word. And so if you say it wrong, you say the tone wrong, they kind of look at you like, which word are you saying? Why didn't you say my when you meant to say my? You know, it's just totally different. And so uh, there was a, a missionary who was early on in his, his learning of language, um, and he was asked to preach. And he got up, and he was a little nervous. And so um, he, he was talking to his brothers and sisters in Christ, which is uh, Pinong, Pinong. And instead, he said Pinong. And that means uh, spiritual worms. <laughs> and so uh, he was talking to his spiritual worms in Christ, and they kind of looked at him like, I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> funny. So people are laughing at him because he, he did not call them brothers and sisters. So it's a difficult language that y'all have been working on for, for a while. Um, when you're sharing the gospel, um, you're, you live in a, in a current, uh, in a village. How many of the people around you have never even heard the name of Jesus? And then what, what's their response? Um, when, when do you see the most fruit from your ministry? Um, what, what does that look like as you're sharing the gospel with people that may have never heard uh, the name of Jesus? Um, I mean, <laughs> most people have never heard of Jesus. So that's a pretty common um, thing. The word used to talk about Jesus is also an honorific term where they would use to talk about monks or gods or something like that. And so when you put that title on Jesus because we honor him, they're like, oh, who is that monk? You know, <laughs> like, oh, he's not a monk. He's the son of God. And, you know, so they don't know. There's just no familiarity at all with, with Jesus. And so um, that, that can be a hard thing because... It's as weird as we've told the last service. It's as weird as someone coming to your door and being like, hey, do you want to be a Buddhist? I could, you know, sign you up in these meditation classes. And you'd be like, no, in my whole, everybody, nobody's a Buddhist, you know, right? And so that's kind of how weird we are as foreigners, especially if someone from another country asked you that. You'd be like, and they spoke English poorly, you know, so that's how we are, you know, speaking Thai poorly maybe you know and being all foreign and all with our weird religion and that's kind of how they feel but if they have some familiarity like a family member that they knew one time went to church and said something about Jesus they'd be like oh oh I've heard of that you know it's it's a little less weird for them so yeah every day is an opportunity if you want to to share the gospel and, and it'd be new so so we try to work with uh, local local Christians and encourage them to go out with us. And and as time goes on, we kind of push them forward, like because they speak the language a lot better than we do. They understand culture a lot better than we do. But they need an example to follow um, because they they've never done any, any anything like that. And so our goal is to work ourselves out of a job. <laughs> it's to to bring people alongside of us who who aren't as um, active and going out and saying, hey, you can do this. This is easy. And so we give them an example and then we kind of push them uh, forward as time goes on um, to, to share. Yeah. Let's share some cultural barriers to the gospel. When you're when y'all are going out and people have never heard and they're going, I mean, there's a foreigner at their door. But what are some other barriers that y'all have to overcome as you as you hear the, as you share the gospel? And then when you see some of those uh, just some stories along the way uh, as, you're, as you've been doing that. Yeah. One of the biggest ones is, uh, they have a saying in their country, it's, it's to be Thai, 
is to be Buddhist. To be Thai is to be Buddhist. And so if you change your, your religion, you follow Christ, uh, it's as if they're saying, I'm no longer Thai. And so we understand in America, Americans enjoy being Americans. And so when I say, hey, are you interested in following Christ? They're thinking, well, I don't want to change my nationality. I love my country. And, and we're thinking, well, it's not, it's not like that. You know? It's not connected. They're disconnected. But they're one, one cultural barrier. They just see them as one, one thing. To be Thai is to be Buddhist. And so um, sometimes they're like, well, I can't. I can't change because I'm Thai. And so it's just kind of ingrained in their minds. I can't change. I can't follow Christ because my nationality is Thai. And share, share about your friend, and a, a great example of that, I think, is, is your best friend in Thai, yeah. your best national friend. Yeah, uh, a, good, a good friend of mine, uh, we, we go out and do a lot of ministry together. He, he was formerly a Buddhist, and he heard the gospel over a number of, of years, and finally he, he trusted Christ as the Savior, and he started to follow um, the teachings of Christ, and it changed his life completely. Uh, before he was a, a believer following Christ, uh, his life, he was, he was into alcohol, drugs, uh, getting with, with ladies, and um, he raced motorcycles illegally on the road, which is pretty dangerous. And um, uh, after he accepted Christ and he started to be discipled, his whole life changed, just completely changed. Like, he got rid of all those things. He sold all his motorcycles. He's like, the Lord hasn't called me to live a life uh, that I'm like living on the edge and, and could die at any moment. Uh, he's called me a life to, to serve him and to love him. And his family saw him before and saw him after. And before, they were so proud of him that he was a Buddhist. Living, living that lifestyle. And afterwards, they are so disappointed with his desire to, to follow after a foreign religion in their mind. Follow after Christ despite seeing the complete change in his life. And so culturally, it's as if they're saying, you've changed nationalities. Like you're no longer Thai. And so they're, they're disappointed. But they see a completely new lifestyle and a real honoring lifestyle to the Lord and also a clean lifestyle. But it's, it's just not enough. Yeah. Share about your, your friend as well. Oh, um, so my, my best Thai friend, she's actually still a Buddhist. And... Um, she and her, her four-year-old son come over. I, we have two kids, uh, Adeline, she's four, and Everett's almost two. And so they'll come over a lot. And, um, you know, I, it's been really cool. I've had a lot of opportunities to share the gospel with her. And um, we, we actually study the Bible together because I, I hired her as a tutor to help me. And I could use whatever material I want. So <laughs> we, we've been studying the book of First John, John, like all these. And, um and so she's heard the gospel a lot and is so interested, I think. But it just takes time and it takes but, – but that's just an encouragement to any of us. You know, it can be really hard and scary to share the gospel. But we have this saying, me and Jeremy, together, like, you probably won't die of awkwardness. You probably won't. You know, you could. I don't know. Some weird circumstance. But you, sometimes you just have to be like, okay, I'll do it, Lord, you know, <laughs> So, so I've, we've checked a lot with her and just try to ask a lot of questions to know her as a person and to ask about Buddhism and, and just, and I think being vulnerable about who you are and who you are in your faith, like, 
hey, I get mad at my kids, right? And God forgives me. That, that's the beauty of the gospel. God gives grace and he lives within us and he changes us and works on us every day. But it's being vulnerable. It's taking time with people. It's listening. Those are all skills that you have in English. <laughs> so with anybody, anybody you work with, you live next to. And so... Yeah, that's our, that's my most faithful evangelism experience, other than the little blurbs out there that we do. But yeah, she's wonderful. She's a great person. Just eh, doesn't care. <laughs> so. So how do we? How can we um, partner with you as y'all are, are beginning? Uh, as you'll head back around the new year, you'll head back. What are ways uh, can we that we can partner with you? Do, do you raise money? Uh, uh, do, are there opportunities to, to come alongside, partner with you on short-term trips? Uh, do you see value in that, helping your ministry there? Um, uh, how can we pray for you? Those sorts of things. Uh, definitely definitely prayer. Uh, that would be a big thing because uh, the gospel doesn't enter into a, a mind and a heart um, without, without the Holy Spirit and His power. And so your prayers here... Are, are just as faithful as your prayers if you were over there. And so um, you're connected with us. Um, we, we want to be um, even connected with this church more, like being your missionaries that you're sending and, and we're connected with because of the connection we have uh, with Scott here. And so um, we would love to have your prayers. Um, you want to talk about the, the finances? Yeah, so we don't raise any support. So the International Mission Board... Um, Scott, I'm sure we'll explain it so much better to you, but um, maybe you should just explain that part. Well, I'll, <laughs> tell, you, I'll tell you what it looks like here at, at Wellspring. There are about, uh, we've talked about this quite a bit, but I just want to, uh, just, this is so cool to me, the way it works. There's 40,000 churches around the U.S., and uh, each of those churches willingly uh, partner together. Uh, they're not. There's not nobody over that that these churches answer to. We're autonomous. <clears throat> we we answer to our own elders, and uh, and then ultimately to Christ. But um, these uh, uh, these churches willingly give a, a portion of, of all of their offerings, and then to the International Mission Board on to to mission sending organizations. So what that looks like here at Wellspring is is uh, five cents on the dollar. Every dollar that you give, five cents of that. We pass on to the International Mission Board that allows them to have an offering, or uh, excuse me, a salary, a place to live, uh, money to do ministry with, and, and insurance. And so when they come back, they, they come back really, it's a, it's a stateside assignment. There are a very few things that they have to do. And, and, and one of those things that they, ha- one of those things that they don't, don't have to do is go to different churches raising money because you already support them. You already do that. And, and so that's not something above and beyond what we already are doing that happens. Every five, every dollar that you give, five cents, goes to, to that. And, and like I say regularly, one of the, the, the reasons that we uh, uh, believe in that is, is it allows them the freedom when they come back to, to rest a little bit, not have the burden of becoming fully supported, uh, supported because you already do that uh, when you give faithfully to the Lord through, the, uh, through Wellspring Church. And so that's what that, and that happens at churches all around, allowing them to do the ministry there in Thailand, Africa, South America, all around the globe. Uh, Middle East people that have never heard heard the gospel before. We only have a couple minutes left, 
And uh, so if you'll just share a little bit, uh, just a, a story um, uh, from your time, a kind of compelling story, and then we want to pray for you this morning, and then we'll hand it off to the worship team. So, um, encouragement story story to y'all. Uh, sharing, sharing the gospel is, is difficult sometimes, and, and really it, it's all about getting in conversation and asking questions and, and just saying, who are you? Uh, this is who I am. This is what I believe. This is my life. Uh, and, and also believing that it's good news. The gospel is good news that Christ died for our sins to take them away so that we can have a changed life in this world. We can have a relationship with the Lord. This is very good news. And so when you, we, you understand that it's good news, you, you're more likely to share it. One day we were, um, we were headed to the airport. Uh, we were in a taxi. And so the taxi driver is uh, right here, and I'm over here sitting, and <clears throat> Christina was in the back with the kids, and um, we're thinking, okay, how can we, how can we get in a conversation with this with this taxi driver of ours? Can I say one thing? Yeah, this is the craziest day ever. <laughs> well, are, everybody's sick, diarrhea. He's barfing out the window, passed out in traffic. I took the wheel. I mean, it's a long, crazy day. So we're finally headed to an airport, actually, to come here for a flight out of Thailand. So we thought, okay, finally we're just headed to the airport. And I felt like God was like, well, you need to share. It was a female taxi driver. You need to share the gospel with her. Because I saw this religious paraphernalia in her cab. And I was like, I'm so tired, Lord. Haven't I earned a rest? Everybody's throwing up. <laughs> we just made it. And and God was not having it. So, yeah. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> well, I just I thought you should know my unfaithfulness in it. The background. It wasn't like we were on mission, you know. I was like, no, Lord, you know. And so, um, so we're almost there, like a couple miles from the airport, and all, on this big highway, lots of lanes. And all of a sudden, the tire blows out on the cab, swerving, swerving, almost hits the guardrail, does a one eighty. And I looked at all the traffic coming in, and I was like, is it going to stop? You know, like, we were sitting here with the babies, and, um, and it did. Everybody screeched to a halt around us. And I was like, you know, we were all just kind of shocked that we didn't die. And so, and so then we waited on the side of the road. Some good Samaritan changed the tire for us, and we hobbled the way to the airport on the little spare. And um, we're just sharing with this lady, and... I'm not always this bold type people are, you know, slow and shy. And I was like, ma'am, you know, God saved our lives. Like, really, because she's been shaking, crying, praying. I mean, she's extremely religious, very, very strong Buddhist. And, you know, so we just talked about the gospel the whole rest of the way. And it was probably one of the most fruitful discussions we've had in such a short amount of time. And she's asking questions. It was, it was amazing. And I thought, God, you will not be mocked. You told me to do this, and I did it. And it's not like God wants to bring bad things on you. I don't know, but it just God wants us to be faithful in whatever happens. To just go with the moment, you know, and share if you need to. But, you know, you won't die of awkwardness. No. So. Thank y'all very much. So let's pray for them and uh, worship team. If you'll come on back up, Father, we thank you for the the command to take the, the good news, and it is good news, that you have sent your son, Jesus, to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. And so, Father, I thank you for the good news. I thank you for the ministry that Jeremy and Christina have. Lord, we pray uh, for fruitfulness, for a response to the gospel as they share. Lord, even, even 
to the point that that culture, where, where barriers in the culture uh, normally happen, that they would see those barriers uh, brought down. And Lord, I pray that you would allow some of us to partner with them, maybe on a short-term trip in the near future, and others would answer the call to go as well. In Jesus' name we pray.